BYU and Utah face off in basketball this Saturday, but the both fan bases have been going back and forth all week long as it retains to recruiting. We're talking about it on today's Locked On Utes and Locked On Cougars. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and thank you for making Locked On Use and Locked On Cougars your first listen every single day. We are available on all platforms, including YouTube. Would love to interact with you guys on social media. I'm at JT Wistersill. Joining me for this one is at Jacob C. Hatch, or Jake Hatch, as you guys know him, on Locked On Cougars. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you guys covered all season long with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online where the game starts. And Jake, appreciate you coming on this one. Locked on Utes fans, of course, know Jake, former host of the podcast and Locked on Cougars. See, see you every day of the week. And first focusing on the recruiting battle right now going on between Utah and BYU. It's one that Utah has, has won for the more prominent in-state recruits at the moment. And, and in terms of recruiting class, too, Utah has been stronger. Utah with a top 20 class at the moment. BYU sitting just outside the top 60 last time I checked, I believe, Jake. And I feel like the real difference right now in the recruiting rankings is simply just a reflection of the season the two programs had. You look at the Utes coming off a Pac-12 championship and you look at BYU kind of very up and down. You know, it really peaked early on with the win over Baylor and then things just really weren't able to be stable and kind of going from there. But if you're looking at the Utes, they're the repeat Pac-12 champs versus BYU entering a new phase in conference play. To me, that's the biggest reason that we see such a disparity in the recruiting rankings as the moment. Well, it's pretty inarguable on that point because when you go to the Rose Bowl for the second straight year, yeah. What else? Are you, what else are you expecting to do? Uh-huh. Are you expecting to have a slump in recruiting? Like if, if if Utah wasn't capitalizing on this in recruiting, I'd be just floored. And uh, yeah. Kyle Whittingham and the rest of his coaching staff—they have capitalized to the nth degree. I've got, I believe, uh, uh, it might be twenty-four-seven Sports or Rivals, one of the two. Uh, currently, based on what I saw, I actually was looking this up just earlier today. Seven four-star commitments for the Utes. Like yeah. th- th- this is the best recruiting class that Utah has ever had. And mm-hmm. to your about BYU is BYU slumped a little bit this year. They had a very tough October, went over in that month, went over 0 and 4. They've bounced back with three straight wins, hoping to capitalize with a win tomorrow to make it eight and five on the season. And as you mentioned, they're going into a new era, the Big 12. Well, Utah has been at the Power Five level for 12 seasons now. BYU will be making their first uh, entrance into the Power Five next year. And the Cougars obviously are going to be able to look at Utah and how they operated early on in their tenure. And Kalani Satake was there for it. He was part Mm -hmm. of that transition. But BYU, it's going to take them some time to get up to speed recruiting-wise at that level. Will they ever necessarily recruit at a top 20, top 15 level, I'd say that's probably a a bridge too far for BYU. But it's just right now, you're right. The the reflection of these two seasons is really the big reason why you're seeing such a disparity in the recruiting process. I think when Utah first made the jump from the Mountain West to the Pac-12, though, I'm not sure anyone ever thought they would have a top 20 recruiting class too to that point. So it is interesting, and it is just the process that goes on a little bit. And I think one of the biggest differences for Utah at versus years past is you're seeing these top in-state players really stay in-state. When you're looking at guys like Hunter Clegg, Smith Soden, Spencer Fano, his brother Logan by association coming via the transfer now in this one. you got even guys who decommitted from Utah like CJ Blocker, who then just decided to come back to and kind of get on like, hey, I see what's going on over there. I want 
want to join in on the hype train. So it really feels like Utah has been able to capitalize on some of these elite Four, four star recruits in state and BYU's gotten a couple of them too. We were talking before recording. Um, I'm a huge Cialia Sarah fan. I think he is phenomenal. I think he's going to do a lot of really good things at BYU, but it is just a testament to, as we mentioned, just that more recent success, I think. And also just the fact I should mention this too, for Utah, the fact that you can not only win at Utah, but that you can develop your skills and become a top NFL prospect. Clark Phillips, the third, not playing the bowl game for a reason. Worked out great for Dalton Kincaid transferring over here. We've seen what Jalen Johnson does too. This is a place you can win and go to the next level which I feel like that's been the biggest sell for a place like Alabama for years. And obviously Utah is not of that level. They're not getting five stars, but they're getting a lot of these really good players because they offer that opportunity and you can play early on, which is the biggest reason Clark Phillips ended up coming out to Utah. Well, and that, that's the thing about it is, is the opportunity to come in. And a guy like Smith Snowden, uh, for example, yeah. a local kid, you and I have called a number of his games, uh-huh. uh, KSL Rewind. Anybody who watches Smith Snowden and looks at his measurables, he's not necessarily the tallest cornerback out there. Well, they look at him and say, okay, there's a reason why he's going to Utah. He's seeing Clark Phillips do what he does. Clark Phillips is not your prototypical sized cornerback, but what he is is crazy effective and a likely first-round draft pick because of his skill set. Smith Snowden obviously looked at that and said, you know what? I want to follow in his footsteps. I want to do exactly yeah. that. I want to go there, be an All-American, win lots of games, hopefully we're going to win a Rose Bowl, whatever it is, and then go to the NFL. That's something that BYU is trying to get up to speed with. And you mentioned guys like Ciala Yacera. They have a kid named Ethan Thomason, who's an offensive tackle out of, out of Colorado. He's got, in my mind, NFL written all over him if, if he develops nicely. But BYU is still very much in the developmental stage of their recruiting. It feels like Utah is coming of age right now in, our, in front of our they're starting to recruit at a level that very few programs do. You mentioned they're a top 20 ranked recruiting class right now. That's elite. Uh, they talk all the time. The, the, the star system, yeah, it may not be perfect, but the more stars you have next to the names of the guys on your roster, the more likely you are to compete at a truly national level. And that's where Utah is trending towards right now. And BYU is trying to uh, catch up at that. But it may take them four, five, six, seven years. Jake, I'll ask you this from the days when you were hosting Locked On Utes. Did you think that Utah would get to this point where they would have top 20 recruiting classes eventually? Or are you surprised by this success? Uh, I, I think they've always aspired to have that. And the one thing I know about Kyle Whittingham is he knows the importance of recruiting. The guys on his staff, Jim Harding, uh, Morgan Scowley, Sharif Shah, Colton Swan. You can go down the list of every mm. single coach on that roster. Uh, Lewis Powell, they are all dogged recruiters. They get after it on the recruiting trail. And that's a credit to them. I believe they aspired to get to this level. And yes, it's taken them winning at an unprecedented level making four uh, Pac-12 championship title game appearances in the last five years, winning it back-to-back years, making back-to-back appearances in the Rose Bowl. It's taken winning to get to this level, but now that they are here, I don't think that they are intent on saying, you know what, this is a one-year wonder. We're going we're gonna to be a flash in the pan. We're going to drop back to maybe the 40 or 50 range. No, that's not how Utah is going to operate. I think they are here to stay with regards to being a top 30 at the very worst recruiting-type program. I definitely feel that way too. And I feel like one of the things we could eventually see a rise from BYU is because of hires like Jay Hill coming over. I think that was a home run move. And I think a lot of Utah fans aren't exactly thrilled that Jay Hill ended up going over there because they know what a good coach he's going to be. And I think you're going to start to see that impact very early on. 
Well, and Kalani Sataki, to his credit, realized that his program had stagnated. Mm-hmm. He, he cut all but one of his defensive assistants. Uh, they've all moved on. Brought in Jay Hill as the associate head coach and his defensive coordinator. And you're right. He, he's a guy who understands the importance of recruiting. He learned at the foot of uh, Kyle Whittingham, just like Kalani Sitake did. Yep. The funny thing about BYU's recruiting process, JT, is the defensive side of the football, they were, for lack of a better term, lackadaisical in their process of recruiting with the previous staff. The offensive side of the football led by Aaron Roderick, money. They've done a great job. They've developed back-to-back NFL quarterbacks. They've got guys at running back like Tyler Algier who are NFL bound. They, 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 they've found guys on offense who are difference makers. The defense has not had that. And we saw the slump with the defense, especially this year, dropping into the 120s in scoring defense at one point this year. They're still number 100, if I recall correctly, yeah. in scoring defense. They slumped hard. And it's a, it's a direct result of the recruiting efforts on the defensive side of the football. Jay Hill comes in and Kelly Papinga, a guy who put five linebackers during his first in at BYU into the NFL. Those guys are kind of the complete 180 from what the previous defensive staff was at BYU. They're going to get after it. It may take them a minute or two to, uh, I guess, in theory, to get up to speed on terms of recruiting high level, but I got no doubt that they are going to give it their absolute best. Yeah, it takes time. I mean, think about how long it took Utah coming over in the Pac-12 as we talked about to win the conference and repeat. And it's going to be interesting to see what that process is like for BYU. But either way, both fan bases can be happy because with signing day coming up, there's a lot of incoming talent that is going to add a lot of excitement to each program and opportunity to reach those future goals that they want to. We're going to flip the page and talk about Utah versus BYU basketball in a second. But first, I want to talk to you guys about our friends at BetOnline. All season long, BetOnline has been your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. That's related to college football and it's also the same thing when it comes to college basketball and of course college football bowl season which is well underway now you can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there we talked pro football another one that you can find on bet online and of course even some world cup action even though that's starting to wind down as well they've got it all at bet online lit Lift your love for sports podcasts if you can find those as Bet Online too. Or it's the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix in. Head to the website today or use a mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. So, Jake, coming back into this one, Utah basketball and BYU basketball are going to face off. This has been a fun one over the years. I look back to my first year at um, as a student at Utah. That game at the inside the Huntsman, uh, Ryland Jones, uh, Timmy Allen going off overtime thriller and then there's been more recent games too where BYU has had the edge in that matchup so it's going to be fun to see how this one shakes out you know the Utes coming in this one very hot now not 10 and 2 with the recent success they've had overall or actually I believe 9 and 2 excuse me at the moment but yeah but then BYU as well, looking at it from their perspective, you know, six and five. So a lot, kind of up and down, but I've played some tough opponents too. That's a, that's a good Utah Valley team. I know a lot of people are going to be like, eh, but I, I've, I've had a chance to couple, check that team out a couple of times now. And look, okay. It's not, I know it's not good to lose to, but I'm saying it's not like though it's, I don't know if it's the Sam Houston. Hey, I'll say that. I'll say that. UAU fans would love nothing more for you to sell it harder that you've used a good team. I'm just I, personally, I'm not convinced that they're a team that BYU should have been losing to. That's just me. Well, and it's fair because I, I mean, I've seen my brother's team lose to him twice who goes to Northern Arizona. So that's probably yeah. part of the reason, too. I've tried to defend my brother's team a little bit in this one. But how do you kind of view the position this BYU and then Utah basketball programs are in? Uh, Utah, Craig Smith's vision for the Utes is coming mm-hmm. to fruition already. And that that's if you're a Utah running Utes fan, and I know a number of your listeners yeah. out there. I, I did the show. There are thousands of Utah fans who in the 90s, like myself growing up, watched Rick Majerus do what he did, leading them to that 98 title game. And that hooked a lot of people, made them Utah fans. They, Utah football became their fandom by extension. 
running Utes basketball is what hooked him. And Craig Smith is on his way to, it looks like, restoring that luster and just the overall uh, just prestige of what what Utah's done. They're off to a great start. Now, uh, obviously, I'm covering BYU much more close on my podcast. BYU has been so, so strange this year because, as you mentioned, they lost to UVU. They lost to South Dakota. Both games that BYU was a pretty decided favorite yeah. in. And all of a sudden, we're like, okay, well, this team may be a middling team, middle of the pack, West Conference team. They go to Las Vegas for a showdown with number 21, Creighton. And, okay, well, this is this could be a bloodbath. And what does BYU do? They pound it inside. I know that Ryan Kalkbrenner, their seven-foot-one center for the Blue Jays, was not unavailable in that game. And he made life miserable for the Cougars last season when they faced off. But BYU said, you know what? To heck with everybody's expectations for us. And they just, they went for it. They out-rebounded uh, Creighton 50-29. to 29. They out, I think they doubled them up in points in the paint. And BYU got out of there with an absolutely incredible victory, especially considering anybody who watched that game, the final three minutes, they could barely inbound the basketball against the press for Creighton. That, they literally lost a double-digit lead because of that press. Finally got a win uh, via Dallin Hall, who is just morphing into what appears to be a star in his own right. So my read on BYU is I'm not quite sure if they're the team that is going to like the, the, the team that lost to South Dakota and UVU or if they're the team that's capable of beating Creighton and pushing San Diego State earlier on in the season to the brink. So. I'm expecting the rivalry game should bring out the best in BYU, but at the same time, they've been so up and down. It's been like Jekyll and Hyde with them all season long. It's hard to get a true read. Yeah, and it's amazing how, you know, it really felt like the Utah basketball is having a very disappointing season until you end up going and getting that win against Arizona because you lost the game to Mississippi State. Yeah. You lose the game at home against Sam Houston. Those are both un, like kind of like, oh, we should have at least should have been able to get wins against those good teams if you want to be there. All they did was take care of business against the bad team. So you thought it was going to be the same old, same old. But then you get the win versus Arizona. It changes everything. Held the Wildcats to under 15% shooting from three in that one with the what the Utes were able to do there. Those are BYU three-point numbers right there. Yeah. <laughs> and then looking at it for Utah, too, you know, coming off some games against Jacksonville State, UTSA. Look, they, Utes are feeling good right now, but this is a big one, a rivalry game. This is kind of where the momentum would flip. You don't want that Arizona game to be a fluke. So if you go in it to BYU, I feel like when we talk about the biggest story for Utah is continue to prove that you can beat these good teams or a team like BYU where we still don't really know. This really feels like it could be a momentum game for each side going forward as these rivalry games tend to be, Jake. Yeah, and this is a rivalry traditionally that's been very uh, back and forth. It, at one point, I think there was like 118 wins for BYU, 118 wins for Utah, but yeah. BYU's had a pretty decided advantage recently in this rivalry series. It feels like this year could be a year where Utah kind of busts out of that slump and gets a win over the Cougars, but you do have to do it down at the Marriott Center. And uh, there are a number of BYU fans uh, that are going to be traveling, obviously, for the BYU's bowl game, which uh, tips off an hour and a half after this game uh, will tip off on the CBS Sports Network. But I would still expect a very raucous atmosphere inside the Marriott Center down there in Provo. And that's what you got to battle if you're Utah. A lot of the stuff that Utah has done this year has been on their home court. They went mm -hmm. to Washington State and won on the road up there. That was not easy to do. Uh, but you obviously are traveling to enemy territory. You're going against, uh, you're going to have two very, very vocal fans. Uh, 
Texas getting after it uh, down there in Provo. And this will be a, a very interesting matchup for Utah, especially considering uh, I think guys like Brandon Carlson, who the in-state guys is what I'm talking about. Guys who've grown up in the state and know what this rivalry means to the state of Utah. They're going to have to coach up their teammates a little bit. I feel the same thing on BYU side of things. Guys like Rudy Williams, Jackson Robinson, who are transfers into the BYU football program, uh, not BYU football, BYU basketball program. They're not necessarily as up to speed on what this rivalry is, but I can tell you this much. Dallin Hall, Richie uh-huh. Saunders, they're going to coach these guys up. Spencer Johnson, even though he may, he's probably not going to be playing in this game, they're going to explain to these guys what this means to the state. And I guarantee the guys like uh, Brandon Carlson on the other side, they're going to be telling all of the guys on Utah, this is what this is about. You mentioned Dallin Hall. He's a guy that I got the chance to watch a couple years ago, high school state championship, just being there as a fan. And I was just like, oh my gosh, this guy just takes over. He's unbelievable. He just has that sense. And it is amazing that he's been able to do that already. Well, he got, he got shouted out by Donovan Mitchell uh, during yeah. that state tournament run. He had. Right. He's already had two game winners for BYU in 11 career games for the Cougars. He's a, he's a true freshman coming home off of an LDS mission. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he right now, he is morphing into the star that people thought he could be as the former Mr. Basketball out of Northern Utah. Like this is a kid that the future looks really, really bright for number 30. It really does. And it's going to be a lot of fun to see how he performs in his first rivalry game. We're going to come back and talk about this rivalry game in a second. But first, I want to talk to you guys about a message from our friends at the National Highway Traffic Safety Association. It can happen so easily. You're out with a friend or coworker. You're putting back a few drinks. If you become a few too many, it's time to go. And for a moment, you think you're calling for a ride. Nah, you're good to drive. You live nearby. You can make it home. What are the odds you get pulled over? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? You could lose your license, lose your job. Tell your car, you could even kill someone. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Play it safe and plan ahead. Make sure you guys plan ahead to get a ride, drive sober, or get pulled over. Also, I want to talk to you guys about the sponsor of this episode in UCCU. UCCU is offering a 15-month savings certificate with an incredibly high APY of 4.00%. Plus, you can jump up to an even higher rate of return anytime during the life of your certificate. UCCU has a variety of terms and options to match and find a plan that works best for you. Also, if you can jump up your savings certificate to an even higher yield, which makes it a great savings tool in the rising interest rate environment, visit uccu.com to learn more or get a savings certificate today. Once again, that offer is a 15-month savings certificate with an incredibly high APY of 4.00%, and it includes a variety of terms and options to match your specific needs. Visit uccu.com to learn more. Get a savings certificate today. UCCU, love where you bank. So, Jake, coming back into this one. For this game, do you really feel like for BYU that in terms of the individual players for for the Cougars in this one, looking at guys like Dallin Hall, looking at some of the other players who aren't as familiar with the history in this rivalry, who do you feel like is going to step up for BYU? Because for Utah, I feel like Brandon Carlson could, could be in for a really big game in this one. He hasn't really had a dominant performance in this rivalry yet. Yeah, he's got obviously going to have to battle guys like Atiki Aliatiki and Fuseni Traore on the front line for for BYU. And uh, Brandon, you're right. He's not necessarily ever had that breakout performance per se against BYU. And I know he would love nothing more than to get a rivalry win under his belt. Now, uh, for BYU on their side of things, uh, keep an eye on Rudy Williams, uh, the graduate from Coastal Carolina. Uh, the last two games, he's come off the bench. He's been moved into a sixth-man role. Dallin Hall has started at point guard, which he had started in the previous uh, games uh, this season, the previous 
previous nine games uh, before this most recent two-game stint as the sixth man. And he has been absolutely awesome off the bench for BYU. He's coming off a season-high 26 points uh, recently in that game over Creighton. So he is in a role that seems to suit him very, very nicely. He was struggling. It felt like impressing a little bit as the starting point guard. But it seems to have just kind of unlocked him offensively in the sixth man role. It was actually kind of a a roll of the dice. excuse me, uh, for Mark Pope to move him to the bench because he's a grad transfer. He wants to play, but he has bought into the role. He's been absolutely awesome, and I, he could be a huge X factor in this game. If he does what he did against Creighton in a game like this, I think BYU's got a very decent shot of winning it. Looking at the specific keys for this one, we talked about some of the individuals we think could be well, but I think for Utah, it's shooting doesn't always travel on the road. So I think for Utah, the key is just don't turn it over. Don't give those easy opportunities to the Cougars at home. Don't give up those transition baskets because that's going to get the crowd into it, get it going for the Cougars gets the good vibes going. And that's where Utah gets kind of down and then they'll get in trouble because maybe then they will have to shoot it more from the outside. And then you have to go away from someone like Brandon Carlson. So I think for the Utes, if you can get off to a nice start, just really limit those turnovers. I would like to see them stay in between that 10 to 15 range for the game when they've gotten over 15 that's where they've kind of gotten in trouble a lot of year and a lot of this this season and guys like raleigh wooster have been doing a phenomenal job i was someone coming this season i was saying i wanted mike saunders to start but raleigh wooster has been unbelievable and completely shut me up as i've talked about on numerous occasions but you get some fun players in this rivalry too one of the guy i mentioned for utah that byu is going to look at is uh kabakita he is just an yeah. electric freshman that i think is going to make at least one play in this game that makes byu fans go Ooh, who was that guy because that's pretty much what he's done every single game up to the this point well and that's the thing about it is uh, Kaba Keita I'll just admit this I've got a man crush on that yeah. dude. He, I want to be why you to land him I know a number of mm-hmm. other fan bases out there wanted him to land the program in Utah was a lucky uh program to get him and he lo- he's a man child he just he looks the part and he is still uh, developing his skill set he's gonna be an absolute monster down the road for Utah but the good news is they don't necessarily have to rely on him yeah Brandon yes. Carlson out there that, who can really help carry the load as he continues to get up to speed so it's gonna be interesting to see how some of these young guys in this game step up Richie Saunders is a guy that BYU has really really relied upon in terms of his wing defense uh you mentioned the turnover issues BYU at one point in this season JT was in the bottom 10 in the country in average turnovers per game averaging 20 and a half per game they have since cut that number down significantly I know they're sitting somewhere around the 15 mark and you're right if you move over about 15 turnovers at any given game it feels like you are up against it in terms of your opportunity to win that basketball game so I'm with you that wh- whichever team turns the ball over the least and the other thing about this I'll, add, I'll also add defensive rebounding to this those two keys if you can out rebound the other team and take care of the basketball yeah. you're going to have a pretty good shot at winning this basketball game no matter what Speaking of winning this game, Jake, let's predict it. So I'm not surprisingly going to go to Utah on this one. I think they have the momentum coming to this one. I think Craig Smith understands the importance of getting this rivalry win. I think it's going to be a fun showdown. But in the end, I think the Utes take it late off another strong performance from Brandon Cross. I think he goes for 25. And I think for a lot of people who watch the game, they're going to be going there was someone really instrumental for Utah in this win, and that's Marco Anthony. Marco Anthony is just one of those guys who always shows up when you need him most. He does so many different things from this team. Last game, it was scoring 16. He might not even get that many. He may only have 10 or 12, but it's going to be a big 10 or 12, I feel like. Always makes the extra pass to get a guy an open shot in this one, too. And I feel like he's going to make a couple plays, especially on the defensive end, where he's got that 6'5", long arms, good body to shut guys down. I think that's where he's going to make the difference. And I think it's going to come down to the wire, but I'm going to take the Utes to win a close one. I'm going to go Utah 72 71 who doesn't like a rivalry game down to the wire where dallin hall will not hit a buzzer beater <laughs> okay i can respect that I, I like that take uh i will i'll, I'll counter you 
a little bit here because I think BYU is carrying some momentum and obviously wants to make a statement coming off that uh, Creighton win. They don't want to let that win kind of just stand on its own. I think they want to build upon that and they want to finish off uh, non-conference play going into West their final season in the West Coast Conference with some momentum. I, I think if they can do what they did against Creighton, crash the boards, uh, take care of uh, their the rebounding uh, issue, crash the boards already, rebounding, handle their turnover issues, and at the same time, if Rudy Williams... Noah Waterman, Jackson Robinson, they show up to play like they did against Creighton. I think BYU is going to continue their recent dominance over the Utes in this one. Uh, I'm going to say it's a little lower scoring. I've got something like BYU 65, Utah 62. Yeah, we definitely see it playing out that way. No matter what happens, going to be a fun one. We'd love to see you guys out there for it. Jake, always fun teaming up with you on these shows, my man. Make sure you guys give Jake a follow at Jacob C. Hatch. And also hey. make sure you guys subscribe to Locked On Cougars. Yeah, Utes fans, come on. I, I, I still got love for y'all, so you guys can you guys can come over and we'll, we'll take Cougars every so often. We can do that. Why not? Yeah, BYU fans, I haven't, I haven't thrown anyone under the bus yet. I've got, I'm trying to be like, I would say I'm obviously still Utah, but I haven't been like just dogging people on Twitter, so come over to Lockdown Utes as well. Jake, always fun teaming up with you guys. If you guys are in the market for a second listen every day, make sure you guys check out Locked On Sports today. They've covered the biggest stories in sports, the biggest game recaps, the take of the day. It's all available on Locked On Sports today, available on YouTube, Audio, Odyssey, or wherever you get your podcast. Thank you guys again for making Lockdown News and Lockdown Cougars your first listen every day. Have a great weekend.